0: You're listening to the Storyteller Series from The Salvation Army. For more information or to share your questions and comments, visit SalvationArmySoundcast.org.
1: Book of Luke, Chapter 11. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me, the door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and can't give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you, for everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead, or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute. When the demon left, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowd was amazed. But some of them said, By Beelzebub, the prince of demons, he is driving out demons. Others tested him by asking for a sign from heaven. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and a house divided against itself will fall. If Satan is divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? I say this because you claim that I drive out demons by Beelzebub. Now, if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your followers drive them out? So then, they will be your judges. But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up his plunder. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. As Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. He replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. As the crowds increased, Jesus said, This is a wicked generation. It asks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah was a sign to the Ninevites, so also will the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise at the judgment with the people of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom, and now something greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now something greater than Jonah is here. No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden, or under a bowl. Instead they put it on its stand, so that those who come in may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is also full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body is also full of darkness. See to it, then, that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. When Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him, So he went in and reclined at the table. But the Pharisee was surprised when he noticed that Jesus didn't first wash before the meal. Then the Lord said to him, Now then, you Pharisee, clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people, did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But now, as for what is inside you, be generous to the poor, and everything will be clean for you. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue and all other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you love the most important seats in the synagogues and respectful greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, because you are like unmarked graves, which people walk over without knowing it. One of the experts in the law answered him, Teacher, when you say these things, you insult us also. Jesus replied, And you, experts in the law, woe to you, because you load people down with burdens they can hardly carry, and you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. Woe to you, because you build tombs for the prophets, and it was your ancestors who killed them. So you testify that you approve of what your ancestors did. They killed the prophets, and you build their tombs. Because of this, God in his wisdom said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill, and others they will persecute. Therefore, this generation will be held responsible for the blood of all the prophets that has been shed since the beginning of the world, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who was killed between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, this generation will be held responsible for it all. Woe to you, experts in the law because you have taken away the key to knowledge. You yourselves have not entered, and you have hindered those who were entering. When Jesus went outside, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began to oppose him fiercely and to besiege him with questions, waiting to catch him in something he might say.
0: In chapter 11, there are a lot of things we could land on. But what really comes to mind is Jesus in conversation regarding the Pharisees. He warns about them and about hypocrisy. Um, and I'd like to spend some time talking about that because nowadays a lot of people say the church is full of hypocrites. So what can we say about that?
2: Uh, so I'm really in- interested in etymology and kind of the history of words and where they've come from. And the funny thing to me about hypocrite, um, it's it was a classic Greek word and and it, didn't, it did not have any negative connotations to it. It wasn't this negative thing. But originally, it was just used to explain, or it was for people who would explain or interpret the, the poetry that was being read, or um, they would take a text, and they would interpret it in their own way. So sometimes it would be with a mask, and they would act it out. Um, and so it's then later, it was talking about actors and the idea of, of telling a story through play. So Hypocrites would be somebody who would get up and present something that wasn't truly who they were, which is an actor as we know it today. Um, But it wasn't until later on with these biblical connotations that it's taken on this negative effect of somebody who is putting on a false front of who they really are versus what they really do, which I think is a really interesting look at that. That originally it just meant it's an actor, but it then became somebody who's acting more high and mighty and pious than they really are.
3: I love that, you know, when we, well, in the conversation we had earlier, Jesus sends out the 72 and he's sending them out with purpose saying, you're going to go before me into all these places and then I'm coming. Mm -hmm. So this is actually a progression of first he sends out the 72 to all these places to prepare the way. Yesterday when we spoke about wolves, uh, I think maybe these are some of the wolves that he's speaking out, uh, speaking against the hypocrites, the religious folks and, uh, in verse 52, he says, Woe to you, experts in the law, because you've taken away the key to knowledge. You yourselves have not entered, and you have hindered those from entering. So the way they were living, the way they were choosing to practice and walk out their relationship with God, not only prevented them, the hypocrisy not only prevented them from relationship, but it actually was a stumbling block for others to enter into. So that's that's harsh when we think about if if I'm hypocritical in something, I have to deal with the consequence of my relationship with God, but also ask myself, you know, am I being a stumbling block for my brother too? That's so that's huge, sick. especially today, where I think we in our culture have, uh, by and large, bought the idea that we're our own individuals. We have the liberty to make our own choices in life, and the voice of the community around us isn't as important as our own sort of inner voice. Uh, And what you're speaking to is actually, there are consequences for our actions. We should be aware of the impact of our choices, regardless of who we are, and understand that, yeah, we could uh, really have some adverse effects on others by continuing to choose our own self-interest.
2: But I think it's the heart of the person after that fact that really sets the tone for what comes next. Because in some ways, and this might be a weird, controversial statement, but in some ways I think all Christians are hypocrites in some way because we are confessing to follow and to, to live the life of Jesus, which is one of perfection, and inevitably we're going to fail, and inevitably there's going to be times where we don't live up to what we say that we are. But if we approach that when we do mess up, if we can come with humility and, and ask and confess what we have done and ask for forgiveness and turn away from that... Um, then I feel like we're, we're in a place that still is following Jesus's lead, but it's when we come with a place of pride that still says, "Well, I'm, I'm still fine. It doesn't matter." That's where the hypocrite becomes detrimental to the person, to the co- to the church, to society as a general state, as a general whole.
0: It brings me back to First um, Peter five, which we referenced yesterday about the lion, but this idea of clothe yourselves with humility towards one another uh and i imagine that like if i'm getting dressed like if i'm like when i was in school (laughs) you had to change after pe you're like i'm like all in the corner trying to hide everything (laughs) right i'm like if there's a stall i'm in it because i don't want anyone to see right so like i'm clothing myself away Mm -hmm. but this is it clothe yourselves with humility toward one another so like when i have like you were saying bethany about um we aspire to live this life that honors Christ and models Christ likeness. And if we act like we have it together when we don't, then that's a shame and and it literally is shame and we hide ourselves away. But if we can clothe ourselves with humility toward one another, if we can be honest as we go out um, into the world, you know, in community, like two by two, or however Jesus sends us in team, if we can clothe ourselves in humility toward one another, it creates this sense of vulnerability connectivity, but also it brings favor because right after that in 1 Peter 5, it says, because God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. And I long for the favor of God in my life. And I do not want God to oppose me in my pride, whether that's how I deal with my own sin or how I point my finger at other people. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this show, please share it with a friend. You can subscribe to the Storyteller series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your own favorite podcast store. For more information, visit SalvationArmySoundcast.org. God bless you, and Merry Christmas.